Volunteer State. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Falquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. The number one lender in the state of Tennessee, making the American dream possible. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon, featuring top-tier clean gasoline for peak performance. Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. By Farm Bureau Health Plans. When looking for health care coverage, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through the choices. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK. And by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the Volunteer State by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... and welcome to the nation. I'm Chris Lowe, Austin Price. We're at the Texas Roadhouse, the east location out here near the old Knoxville Center Mall. And AP, the sun did come up this morning. It was not Tennessee orange, maybe more of a Kentucky blue tint. I know that's what Tennessee fans want to hear as, as, as the Wildcats come into Knoxville and win for the first time since 1984. And, and full disclaimer, my sophomore year at University of Tennessee and and. I was in attendance, but you can't blame me yesterday because I wasn't. I, I was one, so, you know. I wasn't there yesterday, but I was there in 84, the last time the Wildcats came into Knoxville and beat the Vols. Just an ugly performance. Four straight turnovers by Tennessee. Uh, you know, Kentucky wins that game 14-7, to even if they don't do anything on offense. He scored two defensive touchdowns. Tennessee not going to beat anybody playing like that. Nobody. And... I think the question now is what are they going to do at quarterback? I, you know, we talked a little bit before the show. I think it's going to be very difficult to go back to Jared Garantano. It, it, it was difficult a year ago, Chris, and they got away with it because they did it. Right. You know, but now I just, you know. I, do you lose I mean, do you lose the team if you do that? I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I'm not inside the locker room. I, I, it was pointed out by um, multiple people yesterday how little the teammates went and consoled Jarrett after – the picks and Jeremy wanted to, you know, he wanted to draw attention to the fact after the game that, you know, the players that were on the field didn't chase down the the the, the kid that intercepted the ball very hard, you know, um, you know. But at the same time, it, it's I don't know. It, I, nothing would surprise me, um, you know, they, for whatever reason they keep going back to number two, and I get it, you know. It, you don't feel like Maurer and Shroud are consistent enough. You feel like they make too many mistakes. So is JG in real games. Yep. You know, you don't think Harrison, Harrison Bailey's ready. 
oh, well. I mean, at the end of the day, it's their job to get them ready. So it, at some point, they've got to pull the trigger. You know, it, to me, it, it's it's coaching suicide to continue to trot Jared out there. They've given him more opportunities than any other quarterback has gotten in college football. I mean, if you really go back at the production and, and you know, the, the overall play in, in, in games, do you think he warrants being Tennessee's starting quarterback? Well, clearly the staff did going into this season. I mean, they felt like he he was their best option. All right, you know, I don't I don't think you you but but make I, the kind of cash uh, you do in college football as a, as a head coach and coordinator again, to go with somebody you don't think gives you your best shot. Now, well, yeah, I don't think that they're intentionally playing a kid that they feel like is is not well, their best option. But well, no, that he what I should have said is he, that he, he's he clearly was better because I think if it were close. If it were really indeed close, yeah, you given, what, the younger guy. given what we know about JG to this point, I think they would have gone with somebody else. So that's what I guess that's what they, I'm trying they, to say. They, don't, they didn't think it was close. Yeah, they don't. And they, yeah, correct. And they've not felt like it was close. They they have no faith in, in Brian Maurer. And and I'll be the first to say, fans infatuation. I've said this multiple times. Fans infatuation with Brian Maurer because he threw a deep ball against Georgia and he high fived everybody on the ball walk. It, it's it's always been a, a head scratcher to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think for what they want to do at the quarterback position, he does that. He moves around well. Um, problem is he gets the, you know the guys lined up in the wrong places. He doesn't correct the people around him when you know, when they are wronged up lined up in the wrong places. Uh, J T. Shrout's not played enough. You know, yesterday and, and Brent Hubbs has got a great re, you know review piece up on Walkwest right now. You know, Kentucky did want to let them kind of dink and dunk their way down the field. They were willing to give, you know, the four-yard pass. You know, the problem is, is like when when Tennessee threw the four-yard pass, they threw the, as Jeremy called, the 54-yard out, you know, know, (laughs) from the left hash to the right side. Now, now, is he second-guessing his offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't think you do that. He, he, yeah. (laughs) That was pretty pretty, uh, serious shot across the the bow there uh, yesterday. Um but, I mean, at some point, though, like the fans, while you can't make decisions based off what the fans think, because the fans would have started Harrison Bailey right out of the gate, you have, you have to consider them. Because if you lose the fan base, then, that, then that's the beginning of the end. Right. Like, you, you, you can't just keep trotting number two out there. Chris, did you ever watch the show Two and a Half Men? <laughs> yes. JG, yep. I made this comparison yesterday, JG is Tennessee football's Allen Harper. He moved into the quarterback position. They can't get him to move out. And and, 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 and that's just kind of where it is. I mean, like, it, 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 it's a it's mind-boggling. But, hey, Tennessee, it, it, J.G.'s not Tennessee's lone problem. No. You know, Tennessee's got – Tennessee's – you know, Jim Chaney called a terrible game yesterday. In fact, you go back and really the last, you know, I'd say eight quarters have been kind of subpar for, for a guy that's been one of the best play callers in college football for a long, long time. That don't mean he can't snap out of it, but he can come this week and have a great game plan, you know, scheme it up, and, you know, who knows. But the, the odds are against it, especially with Tennessee licking their wounds. feels like, you know, it's more than just a Georgia second-half hangover. No, I, I think they've got to try something new at quarterback. I mean, that's – I mean, I, think I know what people I do, out there are saying, you know, no, you know what. But, yeah, they they got to try something What new. I would do is I would play multiple guys. And maybe you like, do that. You know, like, just playing one. Like, now, this is a heck of a time to throw somebody new in there with their Alabama Crimson hey, Tide. But, but, hey, why not? Coming to town. Well, I, I agree. But yeah, yeah, there's no expectations this week. Everybody expects you to get hammered. But you, you know? got to – over and above all that, you got to try something new to see – 
if there's some hope, and, and I think it's an indictment when you start talking about, well, well is, I mean, is like, the quarterback on the campus? I, mean, I don't know if he is or isn't. Have they developed one? I, all Has I've their evaluation been poor? I, mean, I think maybe there's a little bit of blame to go around sure, here. Sure, no doubt. But the bottom line is they have not played nearly well enough. All, all I've heard from at campus, the quarterback position. All I've heard from campus the last couple of weeks is we got to get some of those young wide receivers involved, and it takes until Tennessee's out of the game yesterday when they threw Harrison in for Jimmy Holiday, Jimmy Callaway, Malachi Weidman to come in. If if the offense is so complicated that those young kids can't get on the field, then they need to dummy it down because right now Tennessee at wide receiver they're just not good enough. They're not, they don't have enough speed. Brandon Johnson's giving you all he can. Palmer's giving you all he can. Outside of that. Everybody else, Cedric Tillman, Ramel Keaton, well, you, very pedestrian. You nailed it. They got to play better. Whoever's playing quarterback, they got to play better around it. They got to play, play better, cleaner up front. They got to get make, make more plays down the field uh, at the receiver position. They don't have a real banger at running back. No, guy. they don't. But I do think both those kids can give you something. Certainly in space, Chandler and Gray. But they just got to play better. Period around the quarterback position. We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Mortgage Investors Group, for helping bring you the nation each week. MIG, making the American dream possible. Mortgage Investors Group is excited to help home buyers affordably achieve the dream of home ownership by giving you the home court advantage. The great advantage, this great advantage, will allow you to get into that dream home with less money out of your pocket. Home buyers will be provided with an exclusive 15 year fixed rate, second mortgage of $7,500, which will help cover your down payment, closing costs, prepaids, and in some cases, a portion of the insurance costs. This is not just for first-time home buyers. Move-up buyers may also be eligible. So call MIG today to learn more about the Home Court Advantage program or check them out at MIGonline.com. We're going to try to catch up AP in a second segment with former Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy, now one of my colleagues at ESPN, does a great job as an analyst. Uh, Greg knows plenty about that Alabama program. Played with a few good receivers in his time at Alabama, i.e. Julio Jones. But I want his take on this group of receivers at Alabama. And if you watched the Georgia game last night, and I did, well, you talk about explosive guys that can make plays down the field against a defense that I think the both of us agree to that point was the best defense we'd seen in college football. Well, talking he, about George. He's been around for a, a, a decade, but Devontae Smith is uh, – uh, he, he, Has he played longer than Hunter Renfro did at Clemson? It feels like it, doesn't it, though? I mean, does it not feel like it? And he technically could come back again. <laughs> I don't, I'd say that Devontae will be earning a little bit cash this oh, time next yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, he, but he's turned himself into a, a more complete wide receiver, um, you know, since, you know, over the last year or two. I mean, I, I really think that he has really become polished. I mean, they were going to him play after play last night at, at one point in the game. And and Georgia couldn't cover him. No, Georgia couldn't cover him. I mean, he, and, and he 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 goes back. He fights for the ball. He's got speed. I mean, yeah, Waddle's special. I mean, Waddle's electric. He's oh. dynamic. But as far as just like old steady, give me number six. Well, and making all the catches. Yeah, and running great routes. Yes, always seems to be open. You know, and if he's not open, he's kind of like plays position well. Yeah, and able to adjust he, to the football. He boxes out well, and, and you know. You know, and just when you think those two have made every play they can possibly make, then Mechie pops up and makes a big play. I mean, they yeah. just keep breeding those receivers and trotting them out there. But Waddle. And, and then once they get the lead, they hand the ball to Najee Harris, and he just leans on you yep. in the second half. So is it? I, I think to this point it's Alabama and then Georgia and then, 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 then 
than than big wide thens everybody else in the SEC. Yeah, that I've seen to this point. Now, I'm not just completely writing teams like Florida off. Florida can score on anybody, but they haven't played any defense. They got some issues with COVID outbreaks and that type of thing. Texas, head coach. Texas A&M looks like to me a team that might have a chance to get better a little bit as yeah. the season goes on. They've got a chance, but Alabama's the best team. I don't think that's a big revelation. Georgia's a tier under them, and then there's I think there's several tiers until you get to everybody else. But here's the stat. We played four games of football in the SEC, AP, a month of the season. Ten of the 14 teams in the SEC with two or more losses. We thought there would be a lot of carnage in the SEC, a lot of teams beating up beating up on each other. Yeah. But to this point, there's been even more of that than I thought there would be. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, there are teams that are better than we thought. You know, I mean, Arkansas has been the most competitive team in the league. Best coach team in college football. He hired good coordinators. Uh, Barry Odom's done a phenomenal job as the defense coordinator there at Arkansas. And uh, those kids kids have just bought in. Hey, listen, he didn't have some great recruiting class last year. That didn't happen. They had no personnel. He just just developed them. He's getting the most out of them. Their personnel. Which is is why Tennessee fans get frustrated when they look up and they go, man, why is Arkansas playing with these teams? Arkansas's personnel compared to everybody else they're playing, you know, I'm, I'm talking outside Vandy, is nowhere close. Because, as you said, this is the first-year staff that inherited a program that didn't have the personnel and the program that had lost 20 straight SEC games. Um, I can tell you this, Lane Kiffin had a chance to take the Arkansas job before he took the Ole Miss job, and I just don't think he felt like at the end of the day that the personnel was such an Arkansas that you could win. Well, guess what? Arkansas beat Ole Miss yesterday. Yeah, they did. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I don't know if there was a better off-season acquisition slash hire than Sam going and hiring Barry Odom as his defensive coordinator. Barry yeah, Odom, Bryles. He's got a, he's got a and Bryles, he's got a bright offensive mind, right. and then a no nonsense guy running his defense that, that knows how to coach and understands this league and understands what it takes. And they're to doing get, this with Felipe Franks, who again, who they're getting the most out of him, but he's got limitations. So imagine if they got a quarterback in there. Well, you know, I, people say I've asked me all the time when I do shows to do some stuff on TV for ESPN. What what surprised you? What have you seen so far? Obviously Alabama and just how explosive they are on offense. But outside Bama in the realm of the SEC, I think the job, the coaching job Arkansas has done at this point, we'll see if they can sustain that going forward. All right, AP, let's take our first break here on the nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse, the East location. We're going to try to catch up on the other side with former Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy. We always love visiting with our good friends here at Texas Roadhouse on Sunday nights for the nation. Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service. Visit one of their 16 locations throughout the state of Tennessee. Get your game day food from Texas Roadhouse. Place your to-go order online or go to go.texasroadhouse.com to enjoy while you're cheering on the Vols. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made from scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. For more than 70 years, Farm Bureau Health Plans has helped Tennesseans protect themselves, their families, and their savings. And now, in tough times like these, it's more important than ever that we look out for each other. For many of you impacted by recent events, we can help make sure you're protected with quality, affordable coverage that's right for you right now, so you're prepared for whatever lies ahead. 
Give us a call or visit FBHP.com to learn more today. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. Trust your sight to the eye care team that keeps the Vols in focus. University Eye Specialists. From routine eye exams, glasses and contacts, to LASIK, cataracts and other surgical procedures, you can count on University Eye Specialists. With offices in Knoxville, Maryville and Morristown. Request an appointment today at UniversityEye.com. University Eye Specialists. Proud to serve the UT Athletics Department since 1978. Right now, you can get five cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's five cents off every gallon with Make Account Rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make Account from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Enjoy the world's most refreshing beer, Coors Light, all season long. Whether you're at Neyland Stadium or tailgating at home, crack open an ice-cold Coors Light, the official beer of enjoying college football wherever you are. When things heat up on the gridiron, Coors Light is there to cool things down. Because it's made to chill, this fall, reach for the beer that supports the balls. Mountain Cold Refreshment, Coors Light, proud sponsor of the Tennessee Volunteers. Celebrate responsibly, 21 means 21. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of ValQuest.com, presented by Mortgage Investors Group. All right, back here on The Nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse, and we are pleased to go to the guest line and welcome in one of my colleagues at ESPN. Does a great job as an analyst for ESPN ABC, former Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy. Greg, how are you, my friend? What's going on, Chris? How are you, buddy? Doing great. Um... Chris Gregg, the quarterback for Nick Saban's first national championship team back in 2009. Rumor has it, Greg, that you played most of the second half of that game with crack ribs. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was actually the, the crack ribs happened against Florida in the SEC championship game, the last play of the third quarter. And then on, like, the third play of the game against Texas, I got hit, and it was back. It was like, oh, gosh. So it's uh, part of it, but, hey, we live to tell the tale, right? Yep. I think it'll go, though, as, as I get a little older, it'll go from two cracked ribs <laughs> to three to four, and then eventually every rig was, in fact, cracked. Yeah, I, I, can, day, still, so. I can still we'll see. see you wincing in the bowels of the Rose Bowl after that game. All right, speaking of cracked ribs, there's a lot of cracked uh, egos, a little bit of everything around Knoxville right now, <laughs> uh, dreams of the season after they just get pounded by Kentucky yesterday, Alabama comes in here on Saturday, you know, not exactly the team you want to try to get better against. Let me ask you this. From a quarterback's perspective, and you played at the highest level, if you're Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt, Greg, with what's going on with Jarrett Garantano, what do you do at this point? Can you go, do you, can you go back to him? And if you do, do you, do you risk losing the team? No, I mean, I, I think that you make it open during the week. 
and you say, hey, look, they are going to chart every single throw. And it's going to be like at the end of the day, uh, at the end of practice, when you have your kicker come out and your conditioning depends on whether or not your kicker makes it, like the entire team is going to be very aware of what they're tracking, what the completion percentage is, what the results are, the productivity is during the course of the week. Like that's what you have to do. Like you got to reopen the competition. And unfortunately right now, just given the circumstances of the offseason, you had to err on the side of experience. Like you didn't really have a choice. Uh, any young player that was coming in trying to win a job, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, just because you had challenging reps and Gary Garantano did good things last year. So I, I think it was one of those situations, though, man, where he still just continues to make really bad decisions from time to time. And not just, you know, oh, he throws a bad read. or We're talking catastrophic decisions from time to time. And, and that's got to be really frustrating for Jeremy Pruitt. Um, the team has improved, frankly. They really have. They're a better team than they were a year ago at this point. But I also think, too, is the expectations for this team got a little bit unreasonable. Uh, I don't think at any point they should have had a number 14 next to their name. Uh, and I think a lot of the expectations were kind of born in what was a great offseason of recruiting and off-the-field news. So I, I think that's kind of a little bit where they're at. But I, I'm really encouraged by the future of this team. I just think the Tennessee fans need to be a little bit more patient and understand that they're not quite yet to the levels of the Georgias and the Alabamas right now, at least at this point. It feels like they're on their way, but at this point, they're still pretty far away away from that. Greg, you played at Alabama where fans are as unrealistic at times as, as, as anywhere. So talk to the Tennessee fans. If, if you're Besides just staying patient, what, what, what do Tennessee fans need to look for over the next, you know, six games as Tennessee, you know, finishes out this, this weird 2020 season? Um, because right now, you know, they they did buy into the number four team beside the name, whether it was real or not. They, you know, they they do think it's still 1997, 1998, 1999. A, a lot of times, much like Alabama, you know, back in the the mid 90s, you know, when you know they were down a little bit, pre thought it was 1980, 1980. You know, I mean, like it's similar right. similar runs. Yeah, but I would say this: like right now, in college football. Like, there's a few things going on. One, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And that's that's one thing right now that we know for sure. And at this point, Tennessee, we're still trying to kind of figure out what they're doing at that position. Like, that's kind of been a bit of an issue for Jeremy Pruitt this year and last year. So let's just, once they identify that guy, whether it's Garantano or whether it's a young guy or a freshman, what have you, once they identify that guy, then the assessment and the expectations can become more realistic. I think at this point, though, they need to just focus on the fact that Jeremy Pruitt has the pulse of the team. I mean, this is a group last year that experienced uh, ridiculous adversity and started the season 0-2. People already starting to think, well, is it time to move on from Jeremy Pruitt? It's just such a short period of time. Like, people literally, I called the BYU game last year. I was talking Tennessee fans off the ledge in the (laughs) hotel lobby after the game. I really was. I was saying, hang in there. Y'all are closer than you realize. But I also think, too, last year, while they were competitive in the first half against Georgia, while they were very competitive against Alabama, if not for the QB sneak, then maybe things would have been a little different. But down the stretch when they got hot, they didn't really beat anyone they shouldn't have beaten. You know, they beat everyone they should beat. They haven't exactly shocked the world just yet. So I'm 
still really excited about their growth and trajectory, but man, it starts at the very bottom, man. You got to start with the foundation, and the foundation was laid at the end of last year. They learned how to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Now the next step in the evolution is beating the teams that you're not supposed to beat, and they're not quite there yet. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully as the season goes along, maybe one of those opportunities will present itself. It might be this week, but. Uh, they need to play, obviously, a lot better, and they can't continue to hurt themselves the way they've done from time to time over the last couple of years. Greg, it's Chris again, segueing off that toward Alabama. Do you see anybody beating the Crimson Tide? I understand this is a season unlike any we've seen. It's, it's, we've already seen some weirdness. I think 10 of the 14 teams in the league already have two or more losses, but that team is so explosive. And you play with a guy named Julio Jones and threw a few touchdowns to him. But Nick told me this past offseason that he's not sure he's had a better group of receivers than what they've had the last two years. But they are so explosive. How do you beat this crowd? Well, like, I love Julio. And, like, I, I would take Julio over anybody, obviously. But our second and third wide receivers, you know, weren't also first-round picks. You know, so like that, yeah. it was a little different as far as the depth is concerned. So, like, if you put three guys on Julio, like, all right, that, that you – there was an unlike. It was very unlikely, with all due respect to our other guys, that they were going to take the game over and beat the other team. Like for instance, we did uh, Texas A&M the week after they played Alabama, and I was talking openly and freely with with Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator for A&M. So, hey, what was your plan against Bama? That's a good group. He goes, well, our whole plan, and we feel like we did a pretty good job of it, is we didn't want to let Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith beat us. That was it. Like, do not let those guys beat us. And we feel pretty good about it, but we didn't realize that the number three guy, John Mechie, could also beat us, and he did. So, I mean, they did exactly what they wanted, but how many teams have a third guy at wide receiver that can literally take over the game? And John Mechie clearly has proven on more than one occasion that he is very capable uh, of doing just that. So um, I think it's, it's an impossible group to defend. Um, I think the only way is to do it with a ridiculous and relentless pass rush that can get home with four guys up front. And I'm not sure I've found that team just yet. I think Clemson's got a pretty good defensive front, but I don't know if they can get home with only rushing four against an offensive line that by the time they are playing against Clemson in a college football playoff setting, I think they're going to be probably the best group in America at that point. So, uh, I think that's the only way to do it. You got to generate pass rush. You got to generate internal push, and you got to make that Mac Jones feel the pain uh, by bringing some heat and getting some quarterback hits and pressures. But I don't think there's very many teams that can be able to do that because you get the ball out of hands really quickly, and they keep you so off balance in the RPO game. So uh, it's it's really difficult. It's probably the best group I've seen this year, um, but Clemson's right there as well. I mean, they have an explosive group of wide receivers, and and obviously the best quarterback in America, and Trevor Lawrence. When we look at this game, Greg, for Tennessee to have any kind of chance, everybody's going to say they're going to win the turnover battle and maybe get a special team score and all that stuff. But keep it even simpler than that. Is it as simple as, you know, just don't turn the football over at all and, and, and try to, try to you, know, you know, run on Alabama as best you can? you gotta hang, You got to show up to the game knowing it's going to take at least 40 points to win. <laughs> and you got to hope Bama has an off day. I mean, like uh, that. <laughs> full disclosure. I mean, that's that's the that's the reality. Like, and and Bama's that good. They're at that point right now. Is if they play their A game, you will not beat them. And that's and that's okay. You know, that's that's that's. You know, I mean, that's 
That's pretty standard. There's only a couple teams in America that can say that. If they play, if they show up and play well, they will not be beat. Uh, however, if they play their B minus game, then they're gettable. And I know that that defensive line is not as strong as they once were. Uh, the secondary, I think at corner, they're quite good, but I don't think the safeties are what you've kind of come to expect back when they had, you know, the, the Minkas and the Mark Barons and the, you know, and the elite players back, back at the third level. So they are gettable in the middle of the defense to a certain extent. You can create some matchup problems with them, with their linebackers and coverage, but you also got to hope that Mac Jones is, is, uh, you know, a little inaccurate that morning, uh, or if there's weather in the forecast that, that a wet ball will, will have a little bit of an effect in the game because he's throwing the ball so well down the field. Um, you got to take away all the underneath stuff, the gimmies. Then you got to hope that they don't connect on deep ones, and they've been connecting on deep ones so far. I mean, that's a huge part of what they do. It's all play action, push the ball down the field, and no one's been able to take away those deep opportunities, and he hasn't missed any. So it's it's really a it's it's a tough matchup for sure for anybody. Um, but you got to go into the game knowing that you're going to have to outscore them, and you're going to have to hope that for whatever reason you can turn them over two or three times, and then you can also, you know, when they do have moments to seize momentum, uh, you can't let them take advantage of those moments. T- Tennessee's not won this game since 2006, um, and, and ironically, their three best opportunities to have pulled it off an upset were 9, 15, and, and 19, all three of which were in Tuscaloosa. At Neyland, Alabama's dominated this series since 2006. I mean, what is it about, about them coming in here that they've played so well the last, you know, almost 15 years? You know, I, I don't know if I can really put my finger on it. I can speak to my experience playing there. I mean, it was just such a cool venue, man. Like, I love going to Neyland. That's one of my favorite. And scoring a touchdown in the checkerboard end zone is one of my favorite moments of my career. Like, that is just so cool. So, I. I don't know. I mean, if you're a competitor and you grew up loving SEC football, like, I grew up loving Peyton Manning, who's still my favorite player ever. So, like, playing in Neyland for me was, like, the coolest thing ever. Like, probably even more so than some other places, just because I had such an affinity for the place. So, uh, and I'm not saying that because I know your audience. I'm saying that because I genuinely mean it. Um, and anyone that's come to my house can see the Peyton Manning paraphernalia. They, they understand. So, it's, it's really one of those things, man. It's interesting because uh, – I think sometimes when you're at home and the weight of the world is kind of on your shoulders, it works against you. And when you're on the road, you're playing more free. Like you don't, you don't care. Like you're not, you're not worried about disappointing the people in the stands. But I also think this year has been unique in a sense that there's not anybody in the stands to disappoint. So some teams have handled it really well. And some teams have handled it really poorly playing in a quarter full stadium. So, uh, you know, I I think if I were to if I were to advise them before the game as far as playing at home versus playing on the road, man, treat it as though everyone's against you anyways. Like I would make it because Tennessee fans are not happy with the performance of their team the last couple of weeks, and understandably so. If I were Jerry Pruitt, I'd say, hey man, we're playing for each other. Like it's about us, the hundred guys in this room. It's not about anybody else. Who cares what the outsiders think? They wanted us fired after the BYU game last year, and look what y'all did. Y'all turned it around. And finish the season on a really high note. There's still a lot to play for. No one expects for you to win this game. Let's go out and have fun and do it for each other. So that, that would be my message to the team before the game. Um, and I would imagine that's probably the message Jeremy Pruitt will have. Well, Greg, man, we're going to get you out of here. Really appreciate your time. It's uh, it's always good to, to catch up uh, and, and you keep up the 
excellent work on ESPN slash ABC, and we look forward to catching up with you down the road. I think we're going to see some more weird things on college football this year. We've already seen some of that to this point. Yes, the game has changed, but I think given the, you know, the, the small amount of practice time and no spring practices, I think we're going to see some more of that down the road, not only in the SEC, but as the Big Ten cranks it up this week all across college football. Well, we're just getting started. It's week one, uh, and then it's week negative three in the Pac-12. So, yeah, you mentioned things getting weird. Yeah, we're well on our way to having a funky season, that's for sure. Listen, Greg, thanks again, my friend, and we look forward to seeing you soon, okay? <laughs> See you guys. Y'all have a great Sunday. All right. That's former Alabama quarterback Greg McElroy, ESPN ABC analyst, joining us tonight on The Nation. We'll take our second break here live from the Texas Roadhouse. We'll be right back. All right, sorry about the technical difficulties, they say in the business. I want to remind fans for the best selection of Big Orange merchandise. Touchdown at Hound Dogs, locally owned and operated. Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio to 64600. That's HD Radio to 64600. When it's time to get geared up for game day, just think Hound Dogs. Visit them online at hdknoxville.com. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender, license 109111. Are you tired of wearing glasses or contact lenses? Have you struggled with your glasses fogging up when wearing a mask this year? Now more than ever, Dr. Colby Stewart and his team at Tennessee LASIK are here for you. Visit TNLASIK.com. Or call 865-966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants to help you see the Vols in 2020. General Neyland's Game Maxim said it best. If at first the game or breaks go against you, don't let up, put on more steam. The same can be said in life. At First Horizon, we understand these are challenging times, but we're here to help you every step of the way. 
To put it simply, we've got your back. You can find your way forward with First Horizon. Right, Coach? In life, challenges can confront you. Find your strength with First Horizon. Proud to be the official bank of the Vols. Turn your game day up a notch with Twisted Tea, the original hard iced tea. Twisted Tea is a real brewed tea with a twist of lemon, and it's next level delicious. But it's not your grandma's iced tea, unless she spiked it with 5% alcohol. Try the original or the half and half, which is half lemonade, half hard tea. It's more than just a hard iced tea. It's a whole new attitude for gridiron greatness. Twisted Tea. Keep it twisted. Proud supporter of Tennessee football. Please drink responsibly. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, welcome back into the show. Again, our thanks to Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, joining us in the last segment. Some great insight on not only Tennessee, but Alabama. One of the one of Saban's, certainly his most explosive football team offensively coming into Neyland Stadium this Saturday, a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time CBS game. We want to remind fans, this season, relax, enjoy, and celebrate with the great refreshing beverages that support University of Tennessee Athletics. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment that's made to chill. Twisted tea, real brewed iced tea with a twist of lemon. Light and crisp, truly hard seltzer. And ice cold Dosecchi Cerveza, distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. Remember that to celebrate responsibly in 21 means 21. All right, AP, so... We're sort of talking to Greg about this in the last segment. You know, there's that obviously several tiers in the league now. You got Alabama. I think everybody agrees they're first. Then Georgia, even though Georgia lost at Alabama, Georgia's the second best team. Um, but after that, you know, it's sort of a toss up. What do you think? Well, that's where we're going to bring in tonight's marathon question of the week. With a full tank of freedom, you can find your own highway and discover the true spirit of the American Road Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Chris Lowe, I don't just want you to give me team number three. I want you to give me teams four and five in All the right. SEC. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to maybe, I shouldn't say surprise you, but I'll tell you who I think right now, maybe not so much right now, although it's maybe six one way half a dozen, but I think will prove to be the third best team. I think Texas a may be that team. They got a quarterback who can do some different things. And Kellen Mond, pretty versatile. He's played a lot of football. Yeah, seem to be getting better on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I think Texas A&M would be my choice right now. It's not a there's not a lot not a lot of separation between them. I would say Florida probably is number four. Florida's going to score on everybody. Kyle Trask has has been incredible the way he's thrown the football. And uh, now we'll see. Here's my concern with Florida. They've had some some pretty serious COVID issues. Their head coach has got Dan Mullen is isolating. Hey, Nick Nick had it, and he just tested out. Well, And then false, took his mask off and false, was yelling at the officials from point-blank range. False positive. Now, the difference with Mullen, Mullen's been isolating since Thursday. I think he had two positive tests in a row, which means when that's the case, you've got to isolate for 10 days. But days. here's my point. You had three teams in this league get fined last week for improper use of masks and all that stuff. And that's fine. And there may you be have, more this week. If, if Nick Saban and Alabama don't get a $100,000 fine like Tennessee got a $100,000 fine, something's wrong. Well, because and they might. He, he, he looked, I mean, like for all that you'd been through, you got lucky to test out of it and, and, and you know, all that. Just wear your mask. I mean, you can yell behind the mask like everybody else is doing. Kirby, you didn't see Kirby yanking it down, yelling at people? I saw a couple coaches this week. 
at, at different times. And most, I think most of them, I think Greg Sankey got his point across because most of the guys I saw had it on. Certainly Jeremy didn't have it around his point head. point is, is Nick is like the grand poobah and the leader but, of the conference. So he needs hey, to not, set the standard. Not, not only the conference, but in college football. Correct. But And, and they may. They may get hit. We'll see. But uh, so All right, so Florida, I'm going to go with four. four. I, I, I'm going to see where you go five because I'm going to give my rankings here too. Five is hard. And we're, we're saying as it – At this as, current moment. At this current so moment. The, best, the fifth best team in the league. Fifth best team in the league. Because well, I don't know if there is a fifth best team in the league right now. I'm going to tell you who mine is. Well, I mean, I think the way that Arkansas has played there you go. the last couple of weeks. I would go Arkansas at five because they've been the most competitive team. I think they've and been they more got, competitive. They've been more competitive than I think even A&M. And they got jobbed a couple of weeks ago. They got job. They should be three the and game. one. They should be three and one. They got robbed in that game. They they were right there at halftime and had the lead against Georgia. Played really really you good know. football against the dogs there to you know so, to open the season. So but, yeah, I mean I I would take Arkansas five right now at it, this current moment. And you could make arguments for a few more teams, you know. But yeah, I think the way they played the last few weeks, the, the coaching job that Sam Pittman and. Barry Odom and Kendall Bras and those guys have done. Yep, they deserve it as much as anybody at this point. And uh, it, it, you know, but you're I, right. After really, after I think A and M's number three. Uh, after them, I think it's kind of a you know. We'll see what Auburn. If Auburn can sort of claw its way back, I mean they, they've got good enough talent. To where they Auburn make, should be one and three right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean they it, should be one. You look you at can, the landscape. Look how the landscape changes with that one call. They right. should be one and three, and, and Arkansas should be three and one. And you could say Kentucky could easily be three and one, or even four and up. Yeah, more. I would say, well, if that's the case, then Auburn's zero and four. Yeah, well, that's right because they're they're driving the football against Auburn when Wilson you turns know. it over to go yeah. ahead, and then of course the, the the overtime loss. They got a guy that can kick a field goal, a kicker. Then they they beat Ole Miss. So I, I think you know this year, and this is sort of what I said to Greg McElroy. I think this year more than ever, we're going to be saying that a lot about teams. Because with a 10-game league-only schedule, it makes it so much more difficult week in and week out to be at your best and play your best football. And the margin for error is going to be so much smaller because coaches, again, know less about younger players that they need to come through. And I think that's you're going to see depth, AP, really start to be a factor in week seven and week eight and week nine when you're going to need younger players to step in. When guys get hurt, if you have a spike, you know, an outbreak, and this year, with well, a lot of those guys having not had a spring practice, not been on the field a lot together in preseason practice, I think we're going to see some more of that. And I, I would be surprised to see, you, know, you asked me who were the top four or five teams, I could see some more upsets along the way. And what, really outside of Georgia well, and Alabama, what is an upset? I, I tell you what, he brought up the fact that Tennessee really wasn't the 14th or 12th. They were ranked 12th in the one poll. Really, they, they weren't that team. See, like, you know, Florida State got a nice win over North Carolina yesterday. See, I wouldn't con- c- categorize North Carolina, North Carolina as, the, was, as they a were top w- five team. They were way overranked. Yeah, way, way overranked. Over-ranked. And, and you, you know, it kind of is what it is. But to me, they weren't a top five team. But were they a top 15 team? Yeah. I mean, you know, I never would say that. I just think that they were, they were not quite as high as, you know, as they were ranked. But, see, if you're a Tennessee fan, though, you look up and go, there's Norvell in year one beating the top five team. <laughs> and, and, but, but that's how, I mean, don't you think that's fair? That's fair to me. Yeah, and I think the other team in the SEC that I want to sort of watch going forward is what's Kentucky do? What's they, what do they do with that win over Tennessee going forward? Because they yeah, got, they, he is. The other, the other game with Georgia moved back to Halloween. Right. Stoops has improved that team so much in both lines of scrimmage over the last few years and the way they develop football players. Don't pat him on the head. 
But they really have done a good job of that. I think they're the team, you know, having beaten Tennessee so rarely over the last few years. What do they do with it? I'm going to be interested to see what the Wildcats do with that win yesterday. Obviously a big one in the realm of Kentucky football. All right, let's take our final break on the nation. He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. We'll be back in just one minute. Fans, it's almost football time at Tennessee, and you can now show your big orange colors by purchasing the official 2020 football fan T-shirt. This year's shirt features General Nealon's game maxim, put on more steam. That's the official Tennessee football fan T-shirt, available at Alumni Hall, Food City, The Vol Shop, and Hound Dogs. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. A lot's changed in the past few months, from how we protect our health to how we work. But for more than 70 years, Farm Bureau Health Plans has helped Tennesseans protect themselves, their families, and their savings. So right now, it's good to know that you have short-term, individual, and family plan options, along with dental and vision, for whatever lies ahead. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Give us a call or visit FBHP.com to learn more today. It's been a long off-season, and while this football season might look a little different, Dos Equis wants to remind you that nothing will change one of college football's oldest traditions, the proud tradition of drinking beer. Tailgate from anywhere with an ice-cold, refreshing Dos Equis. Whether you're watching in Neyland, cheering from home, or hosting a virtual game watch, nothing goes with college football like an ice-cold, refreshing cerveza. Dos Equis, proud sponsor of Tennessee football. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2020. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. We welcome you back into the show, and we certainly appreciate you spending part of your Sunday evening with us every night, every Sunday night during the season, football, basketball season. Here on The Nation, I'm Chris Lowe with Austin Price, and we want to remind fans that the annual Beef Sweepstakes promotion is currently underway from our friends at the Tennessee Beef Industry Council and Food City. Now through October 26th, anyone who purchases a fresh selection of beef with their Food City value card automatically becomes qualified to win two tickets to the Tennessee-Texas A&M game. That's the Beef Sweepstakes promotion only at Food City. All right, AP, looking at some uh, early lines out of Vegas. I'm going, I was going to say, what do you think Bama's favorite? 17. But, but you'd already know because I mentioned it to you in the break. 20. It opened at 17. Okay, it's up to 20. Because, Alabama, every, because, because everybody's betting on Alabama. <laughs> you know, I honestly thought, you said open at 17. So, uh-huh. I, didn't know, so I, would have, I would have thought it was even more than that to open or would be. But, again, I, as we talked about already on this show a lot, who knows from week to week, and I think we're going to see, again, 
you know, Alabama, you go back to their game against um, A&M, there were some times in that game where they didn't look, they scored a lot of points and moved the football. But defensively, the way that Ole Miss just really, really exposed them makes you think, all right. I mean, now Tennessee, Tennessee's offense, <laughs> they're not doing what Lane and Ole Miss does, the tempo, hurry up, that kind of thing. But I still think from week to week it could fluctuate a lot. But I thought it would be more. It's already up to 20. I thought it would be more than 17 as um, the Crimson Tide roll. I know that's probably in these parts not what they want to hear. Roll into Knoxville. What do you um, – what, 22, 23,000 are allowed in the Neyland Stadium? Yes, yeah, 23. How, how many of those would be Alabama fans? I don't know. I always go back to that 08 game, Fulmer's last, Philip Fulmer's last – game against it, it, Alabama. It depends on how many how many of the Tennessee fans sell to them. But all the Alabama fans in the stadium that night, and all you could hear the last three, four, five minutes of the game was roll tide. And I think that's, you know, as you think that his, Coach Fulmer's last year is sort of the crowning, I shouldn't say crowning, but the, the final blow for him, I think it was that, that was a big part of it, you know, for Alabama to come in and win soundly like that and essentially have the fans take over the stadium. So that will be interesting to see on Saturday. That's a 3.30 CBS game. How many Bama fans make their way into the stadium? Yeah, I mean, to me, that's solely predicated on Tennessee fans because Alabama's only given a, a small, small, small amount of tickets due to this current situation we're right. in. So if uh, Tennessee fans sell them, then uh, Alabama fans will have a chance to come in here and pack the stadium pretty good. Here's another interesting matchup in the SEC this week. Auburn at Ole Miss. It's a big game. If if Ole for Lane, you, you talk about putting putting a nail in 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 Gus's deal. I mean, again, they're two and two should be one and three potentially zero and four if you're wanting to roll off your Kentucky logic. Um, well, certainly where that that game was in in, in hanging in the balance. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. But they, you know, Auburn actually went and won that one, whereas they just kind of got one handed to them by the officials in the other game. Um, but. The point is, is this a big game? You know, Lane, Lane's in a first year of, you know, in a, in a COVID year where, like, I don't think that people in Oxford are, like, paying a whole lot of attention to overall record. Whereas, you know, you bet the people on the Plains are paying attention. They go they go two and three out of the gate. Yeah, go lose to Lane and then, Kiffin. And then all of a sudden, look who they still have left on the on the docket down the stretch. they got to play Alabama. they got to play A&M. they got to play LSU. They gotta play Tennessee. I mean, they, they it only gets. I, mean, I know Tennessee's not playing great, but they're every bit the equal to Auburn at this point. I tell you, you, had a huge win this weekend. That's a huge win for Will Muschamp and South. Carolina. Oh, huge, huge win for them, and and, and good on them. They, they, they again. I, I said this in our podcast. Makes you wonder how did Tennessee beat South Carolina and how did Tennessee beat Missouri with the team that's played the last six quarters. I, I, but I think all those teams from week to week are pretty close, you know, depending on. Yeah, you know, I disagree. But the last six quarters, though, Tennessee's been dreadful. There, have, there's a difference between been. losing and the way they've lost. They haven't been they've competitive. They've been horrible. They haven't been competitive. I tell you, two guys that I think will be we're about a minute away from closing the show, two think, guys I think will be on a lot of head coaching lists. It's not this year or the next year. This year may not be as many openings. Hugh Freeze at Liberty, who has the Flames 5-0, and I think he's – been far enough away from what happened at Ole Miss, and people are going to be willing to give him another chance. And Steve Sarkeesian, the OC at Alabama, will be another guy who's had some some things off the field. I think some schools will come after him as well. Now, I don't know how many jobs are going to be open this year, whether it being a COVID year, in the offseason, or schools going to be as willing to pay coaches off. I don't know. 
But I think those are two names to watch, at least over the next couple of years. No doubt. All right, AP, thanks a lot, my friend. Our thanks to Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback and ES panelist, coming on earlier today. We'll be here next Sunday right here at the Texas Roadhouse on The Nation. Have a great Sunday evening. You've been listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Volcrest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group, the number one lender in the state of Tennessee, making the American dream possible. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK by Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service 12 area east tennessee restaurants by marathon featuring top tier clean gasoline for peak performance stop by your neighborhood marathon station marathon fueling the american spirit by university eye specialists helping you live life in focus since 1935 and by dosekis nothing goes with college football like an ice cold refreshing dosekis cerveza keep it interessante and please enjoy dosekis response Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The nation is also brought to you by... Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State. For more news on college sports and the SEC, this is The Nation, signing off.